shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. This is Hour 3 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side... for the Big Dog Sports Talk Power Hour. Well, we always try to play the listener's request. We had some... uh, Skinner request, so there you go. A little Tuesday's gone. I think my favorite Skinner song, actually. I got, yeah, I think so. Thanks to Andy Bitter and Dwight Bit coming up in about half an hour. Joining us now on the program, as we've been previewing in studio with us, we're going to turn our attention from the hardwood and the gridiron to the baseball diamond because it is that time of year, and joining us once again is... First-year head baseball coach at Radford University, although not unfamiliar at all with the Highlanders, since he is a Highlander, Alex Square. AG, good to see you, brother. Good morning, Rick. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. You it's look great. great. How excited are you, man? I know we talked up. about it. I know. Here you are. You guys have been working so hard. I was just telling AG, it's great. You walk outside, you can just hear the mitts, right? You don't even have to look over there, and you hear the balls popping in the leather. I mean, this is – you've got to just be so excited. Yeah, right? we're excited. We're excited. The guys have been working really hard. The weather's been great, so we've been outside. Yes. You know, yeah. As opposed to most <laughs> previous winters in the New River Valley, you never know if you're going to be out. And we've really fortunate for us. We've we've been outside every day. Uh, there's been maybe a, a day or two here or there once we started team practice where we had to be inside. But we've been able to get really quality work in. Um, being able inner squad, not miss any any games. Um, so it's it's been great, and and the boys are ready to go. I think we're ready to play. Another team, yeah. Another dugout, absolutely. Wearing a different jersey, <laughs> you can't wait for that, right? So, it's, well, uh, it's great. And I know this is such an important time because now you're establishing. We talk about it a lot, regardless of the sport. You're establishing your culture, right? Mm-hmm. This is you and your staff. Yep. This is the culture you got. Even the returning players see the changes and so forth, right? This is what it's all about right now. Absolutely. Um, and the guys have done such a great job of doing that. I mean, you look at our staff. You know, we look at. Where we were when we started in August, and where we are right now as we embark on the beginning of the season, and it's just been, it's been an amazing journey, and you got to give a tremendous amount of credit to our players. No, no doubt. I mean they've, they've done such a great job of, of, of blending in with the new group of guys we that had come in here, and, um, 
accepting us as, as coaches and really believing in, in the message and, and the environment that's going to create the culture that yeah. we're trying to set. And we've got tremendous leadership. Our senior class is uh, – they're a special group. They're a special group, and I'm really excited to – to see the chapter that they help write in, in this story for for after baseball, and um, I can go on for I know for right hours. You could do a whole show. show. You could do a whole three yeah, hour show been, on it's it. It's been great. So, well, let's go through it here. Um, let's start with the infield because you've got a lot of guys. You just mentioned seniors, experienced guys mm-hmm. coming back, but now you're excited about a lot of the new pieces as well. That's important to have that experience right in the middle Absolutely. part of the diamond. It, it's the only way to get experience is by getting experience, right? <laughs> but it. when you have it. It, it, it's important. Um, you know, you start over at first base. You got Tanner Bars, Ryan Gilmore. Um, you know, one's a right-hand hitter. The other's a left-hand That's, hitter, yeah, which perfect. is huge. Yeah. Both real, really quality defensive first base. Yes, they are. Gilly's good over um, there, yeah. And great leaders. And really really calm and stoic in their, in their demeanor, which is, which is great yeah, for some of our right. young players. Um, you go over to second base and – You've got two young guys over there, um, you know, with Avery Spencer and uh, and Sully Tibbs. Um, you've got Zach Whitaker, who's going to be our Swiss Army knife. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, he came back. You and, just name it. He's yeah. going to be in right. Mm-hmm. He'll start out playing right this, you know, this weekend, and he may play short. He may play third. Um, he'll probably do everything besides catch. Super utility guy, yeah, man. He's a super utility. Guy. <laughs> and I told Wit that I I don't think Wit's got the got enough stuff to get on the mound and help us out. <laughs> but you with never all know. due respect yeah. to him, listen, if Wit's got to get on the mound and pitch, then we got some. Yeah, problems. you got some issues there. Yeah, and I think he'd be probably the first to tell you that. But um, then you go over to shortstop, Tristan Shoemaker, um, and over at third base, Miles Levere. Um, those guys on the left side of the infield, they are they're transfers. Tristan was from the University of Virginia last year. And it's been a pretty cool story with Tristan. I've had a chance to get to know him since he was 13 or 14 years oh, old. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah, so he was he grew up in the Valley, went to Fort Defiance High School, and he played on this local team. They were called the Duke Dogs. And there ended up being about five or six Division One commits from that team. And – he used to come to our team camps. He used to come to our hitting camps. I mean, he was great. And uh, I coached him for a, a fall during COVID when mm-hmm. we couldn't do anything. Right. And here we are, however many years later, and now he's we're, we're together, two different schools later. So um, Miles Levere is a junior college uh, transfer, playing third base, really, really athletic, um, twitchy. He's – He's developed tremendously over the last fall, and, and just really excited about him. And behind the play, we got Julian Rojas. Um, obviously, had a tremendous year last he year. He really did. Yeah, you know, he's going to catch DH a little bit. Um, and Gary Poncion, who I think everybody's going to be really excited to see behind the plate, can really catch and throw. Our pitchers love throwing to him. Tremendous kid. Um, really, really talented infield because we can do a lot of different things. We can move some guys around, move some different pieces. We got Bannon Brazil, who's also a catcher, third baseman, super utility type guy. So um, it's been a lot of good pieces there that, that we can do some different things with. Alex Square in studio with us, Radford University baseball head coach. Highlanders get it underway this weekend, folks, as uh, college baseball across the land getting going. And in the outfield, uh, I guess for me, you know, seeing that Cam Pittman's back, I mean, just love watching him out there, Rome Center Field, wherever he's going to play for. Yep. This guy gets it done. He understands how to play the game. 
Cam's a, a special talent. He's he's going to lead off. He'll, he'll play center field for us. Um, that's you, you can pencil that in pretty much every yeah. game. I mean, he can do Absolutely. a lot of different things. You know, yeah. he can. He's got a tremendous, you know, bat to ball skills. Um, he can handle the bat with the short game. He can run. He's got a tremendous eye at the plate. Yeah, he does. Almost to a to a fault yeah, form. To yeah, where I got, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when when you have guys that have that good of an eye at the plate and know the strike zone so well, I mean, with all due respect to, to the umpires, like he probably knows his own better. <laughs> no question, he does. You know, and and his size is a huge advantage to him in that area because it's the, the strike zone is a little bit tighter, so he knows what is off the plate and what's not, and. We look back at his strikeouts from this fall or preseason, they're all looking. Yeah. It's like 80% of them yeah. are looking. He's not going to get beat by stuff. And he's just like, man, AG, like, that's a ball. And I'm like, it probably is. But an umpire is going to call it a strike. <laughs> that's right. So it's a strike. So you have to got to adjust. You got to be able to adjust yep. and fight it off. But um, when he gets on the bases, he can really wreak havoc. You know, he's got tremendous speed. He's done a great job of. Um, really adapting to some of the base running things that we've talked about, you know, at first and at second, he's been real aggressive with it, um, and he's just he's really shown some nice instincts, you know, to be able to take the things we're talking about and then take them to another level. I think that's where instinctually that comes in for yeah, him. Yeah, sure. And in the outfield, I mean, he can go get it with the best of them. He can, he can, he can run um, down a gap. I mean, no, gaps are no problem for him. Sometimes I think he even waits. He goes, okay, I'm gonna make this a little more exciting. I can just get there. <laughs> sometimes he's, uh, yeah, there are times, but he's. It's nice to be able to pencil him in that leadoff spot and let him roll. But uh, you know, over over the course of the last, you know, six or seven months, you kind of understand why Cam was sure. the type of player he was last year. No doubt. No doubt. And he'll provide leadership for you. You still have Paul Moore out there, right? Peyton Henry's out there. I mean, you got some you got options out there just like the infield. Absolutely. You know, you got Peyton's a junior college kid. He's gonna be out there on left field. Austin Stalker is a freshman yeah. left handed hitter with some big, big time power. Big time power. Austin is I a, love that. Uh, Austin's a tremendous kid, man. He's been able to Really embrace some of the things that, that Coach Funk and Seth have been talking about with him offensively. And he's made some really great strides over the last couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, Pauly, Pauly's been doing really well um, offensively. He's He's got some some big-time power yeah. potential. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you got Witt out there and Wright. You know, I, I think that when you look back at um, some of the games that I've seen here as a player and coach – yeah. That wind is, as you know, is oh. pretty treacherous. <laughs> There's no direction. It's no. just multi-directional no. in that bill in that ballpark. And to be able to have somebody out there that's going to be able to handle that a little bit early on made me feel all warm and fuzzy. And <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now we've we do have some options out there, which is which is going to be great. So. And on the mound, you've got options as well. I know some things are in flux, but I know yep. you really like yeah. your bullpen a whole lot, right? You got a lot of experience there. I would take what my old coach, Coach Rakuya, would say: is you want to build your pitching staff from from the back, from the pen. You've got it, man. And you want to try to shorten the game, yeah. And I will tell you that that's one of the things I'm very, very excited about. I think. Everybody that comes out and watches us play this year, you're going to, number one, from a pitching staff standpoint, the tempo of the game is going to be 
a little bit faster. Yes, yes, that's um, right. Yeah, we're so all headed that way anyway with the shot is, clock yeah. and we, everything else. We've right? had to do that. Yeah, you know, we've had to make yeah. those adjustments, whether it be from a you know tech standpoint, um, to be able to make sure that we're getting the pitches in and out. But just everything that that Coach Bourne, CB, has been doing with our guys. I mean, it's it's been great. He's done an unbelievable job. Yeah, all the, uh, you got got to give him a tremendous amount of credit with um, with the way he's developed his pitching staff and. It's a really unique staff. You start with the back. You got Zach Malia transferred from UNCG. He's, he's been he's a mid mid nineties fastball with with power, secondary stuff. Big, strong, physical kid who who's also going to be be a DH option as well. Two way guy. Awesome, awesome kid. Eli Parks is a left handed uh, pitcher. He's a transfer as well. Um, he we may not see him this weekend or for for a couple weeks. He's got a little bit of a, a little up. Not operation, but a little thing on, yeah, his, on sure. his arm. So he's he'll, he'll be, be ready to rock and roll yeah. March, like first week of March right, or right, so. Right. Um, Carter Seabrooks, another left-handed pitcher. You're going to see. You got the two-headed monster of Ty Burton and Lane Higgerson. Who? So glad Ty's back. Ty, Ty's <laughs> oh, he's bulldog. The best, man. He is man. He he's is. like a old soul man. He's just he's awesome. He he's is one of my one of my favorites. Doesn't man. get rattled, man. He's got that. Him and Landon are going to compete for the. Appearance record this year. <laughs> yeah. I told both of them that. I was like, I want you guys, I want to be able to give you guys the ball every game. You guys got to be ready to go, whether it be for a batter, for an inning. Um, so to be able to have those two different looks at any point is great. Um, you know, and you've got some swing guys there as well with, you know, Foster Sites, Luke Von Gator. Um, Trying to think who else we got in there as well. Who else is on that thing? You got uh, you got Gannon in there. Gannon, yeah. Ben Keefe. Ben Keefe is yeah, a freshman. Ben's a freshman. Both of those guys are are kind of coming off a little bit of nagging tweaks here and there, but Gannon can really spin it. Ben has shown a tremendous amount of ability to to pitch throughout the fall and the preseason. Um, we've got some really some nice freshmen. Luke Calvary's in there as well. He's been up to ninety five in the fall. He's done a great job as far as just progressing and um, and developing. Making some adjustments. Colin Williams is a very, very talented one of those. Yeah. I think future Radford pitchers that right. people are going to be talking about for sure. Um, and then you go into the you go into the starters. You got Dylan Howard, freshman, uh, red shirt freshman, three pitch mix, tough, tough kid on the mound, boy. Um, and he's he's done a great job. He pounds his own and. Um, we got Scott Rouse going on Saturday for us. He's a Division II transfer. Um, same type of just three, four pitches. Strikeout guy, right? I mean, he yes. can, yeah. He's not going to overpower you with this fastball, but he's got tremendous yeah, secondary stuff absolutely. and tremendous movement, and he can put the ball wherever he wants, whenever he wants. Those are my favorite guys. And he is about as stoic and about as mentally composed of pitchers as I've, as I've seen. Such a vital Doesn't get too hot, doesn't get too low. Yeah. Um, Luke Von Gator, I th- it, uh, depending on what happens with his pen today, right, how right. he feels, he'll probably yeah. start, probably go a couple innings. Okay. He's on a pitch count, pitch limit. Foster Seitz has done a great job as well as, as far as being a starter. He, he's in that mix. Clay Clatterbaugh, local boy uh, from from the New River Valley, he's done a great job um, developing over the course of of our time together. So. He's an option as well. Um, 
we have we just have a a great group back there with a lot of different options and very very excited to to see what they do. Oh, so it's just so great. The, the start of a new baseball season is a special thing. I mean, all the sports it's special, but there's something it's about It's like a holiday. It, it really is. Think? It kind of is. It really is. And and especially, and I don't mean this flippantly, this is a family atmosphere, having you back. It is. And then you go and you've got another Whitaker. You've got yeah. another Higgerson. Yeah. And the lineage of what those other players before them meant, the, the brothers meant, and how these guys are going to mean to this team, that, it just makes it all it does. special. It really does. The, we had Landon, Landon came in the office yesterday and we were just talking about like our you know, <laughs> their roles and everything. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, I want you to be you. I want you to be Landon. <laughs> right. like, you don't have to worry about like, Forget about Colby and Hunter. Don't be like, Hunter. Bit, yeah, don't yeah. be Colby. Well, you like, can be. But. Like, this is your time now, right? And um, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm worried about me. I, like, I know those guys have school records and, or, you know, this and that. I said, well, you could get a school record. Don't you know that? And he's like, yeah, no. I, I, I said, no, no, you can. Yeah. This is the record. Absolutely. 40. Um, but, yes, you're right. Things like it's, that it's are just, really cool. It's and, cool. But, I say, but go back with the family part. Lane is bringing up the story about when the first time I saw him throw a bullpen. <laughs> yeah, go like, telling you about it. Yeah, yeah, like when he was on the rec field, <laughs> coming up from a game. Me and me and Coach Rack were going back up to the office, going back up to the trailers, and um, there's Lane and his dad. He's just throwing, Mr. Don, just throwing a pen. Yeah, yeah. You know, after a game, and here's this kid, like at whatever he was, twelve, yeah. thirteen yeah. years old. Yeah. 11 years old and it's just wild to, it, to and now you get to it. see now, him. now i'm like right. <laughs> here's this like grown kid with a with this big beard and he's been uh, it, it's been great so and the first series is at home this at weekend home. you this got weekend. iona coming in a good program it's three o'clock on friday four o'clock on saturday and then one o'clock on sunday so come on out ballpark looks great you know you've been working hard yeah uh to get it looking as good as possible yeah um fortunately it looks like the weather's going to be okay we don't get to enjoy too many february series in radford so this is cool the way it looks like it's going to work out knock on wood with the weather right absolutely you know i've (laughs) been um i've been losing sleep when i ever since i've first saw the schedule and got it and I, I'm blessed that this is we're gonna be able to play because the last thing I want to deal with is the first weekend but back yeah oh my yeah, god that's got to be the worst feeling you get all revved up and ready to go and then oh we have a snowstorm sorry yeah, and then you we, we no question <laughs> no question about it you know I mean I just <laughs> I I know everybody's very excited to to get going families are coming into town. I know my family's coming in town. My parents are on their on their way right now. They'll be uh, very cool. They'll be here tonight, which is cool. And my, everybody else is all the parents and their families, and I'm excited for them as well. You know, it's been a long journey for for a lot of these kids and their families, sure, and their parents, oh, no doubt, no doubt, and their significant others, etc. Um, and to be able to bring back and have a, a family feel at at the ballpark is is pretty cool oh i can't wait and i'm excited about that it's it's night and day it's can't wait can't wait to get out there and i appreciate seeing you this morning man we'll be traveling seeing you tomorrow but i'm gonna get out there on sunday at the least we could be we'll be back saturday evening but i'll get back and i want to check it out this uh, weekend i know you're working hard with basketball yeah we're getting toward the end yeah getting toward the end so hopefully people will come out tonight and then come watch you this weekend
That'd be great. It would I'd be love great. that. We'd love for uh, yeah, come get watch as many people baseball. out here Absolutely. And, and watch. And you know, we have a great atmosphere. We got a new speaker system. We got the video board rocking and rolling here. Good, good. Hopefully soon here. Good. A couple yeah. more tweaks on it. We're getting closer. <laughs> a couple more tweaks on it. We got a nice, uh, really cool, really cool intro video and and just some some really cool stuff to make our ballpark experience enjoyable and fun. And I th- but more importantly, they're going to be watching a, a, a nice, exciting, right. competitive, exciting staff that style. Yeah, it's going to be uh, great. It's going to be something that I think. Everybody around this area is going to want to Absolutely. make sure they continue to come to. So. And accessible players and coaches, so you can absolutely. always say hi and lend a hand, and they'll always be there to coach. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Well, brother, I'm very excited for you. Man, very I appreciate you, you, buddy. I appreciate you coming in. I thank you for uh, for having me. No, You're good the best. Stuff. It's good stuff. That's Alex Guerra. Come watch Radford Baseball. We'll be talking to him a lot more as the season goes along here in 2023. Season gets underway Friday. Three o'clock, folks. Should be warm enough. Iona, the Gales, come to town. We'll take a break. We're coming back. We're wrapping up this segment and heading to the bottom of the hour, then Dwight Vic to finish up the program. Stay with us. Don't go away. Take the big dog for a walk. Oh, just the people I'd want walking around all licked up. Listen to Big Dog Sports Talk anywhere with the TuneIn app. More BDSD next on WRAD. All right. Great stuff from uh, Alex Guerra. We're going to step out here as the news hits about to come. Dwight Vick will join us. Much anticipated weekly segment here on the program when we come back. Stay with us, Dunkle. It's 25 minutes for the top of the hour. Great stuff there from uh, Alex Guerra. Bradford University baseball gets underway tomorrow. First pitch. I mean, you're heading into the weekend. Come on out to Williamsfield. Hang out. Watch Bradford baseball usher in a new era tomorrow. More of your text messages as we roll along. Joining us now on the program. He's the former Virginia Tech all-conference performer, the founder of Victory Life, three podcasts on a weekly basis. His name is Dwight Vick. Dwight, how are you? Good morning, my friend. Uh, Good morning. It's great to be back on. Appreciate having you back on. Hey, so Brent Pry is going to join us tomorrow, the head football coach at Virginia Tech. What's one question you would have for Brent Pry that I can ask tomorrow? (laughs) Wow. Um... I guess I, I guess I would ask him. Um, you know, he was. I don't know. I have. I mean, I, I got. I wouldn't have been interview. Probably. I don't know. I would ask him. I probably would ask him, or maybe just you know, looking back um, when he first came to Virginia Tech um, as a grad assistant, did he ever think he would be not only you know up there with Penn State as far as you know a great defensive coordinator recruiter, but did you ever think? you would be the head coach of a chicken tech Hokies. Like, you know, it's just crazy how God takes us on a journey. And, you know, you say, oh, yeah, you're 24. I would never do this, mm-hmm. or I wouldn't go here. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, I, I would love to coach here. And then you blink, and you're in your 40s, your 50s, and now you're 
living a dream or a goal that you kind of set, but you didn't really know if it was going to come to fruition. So I would ask him, you know, during that time, being around a young J.C. Price, Cornell Brown, Jim Drunkenmiller, those great teams, I was on three of them, you know, right when you left. Did you ever think, man, um, I could be a head coach here? I'd, I'd just like to know his okay. honest. All right. You know, I, I know that's not, you know, who's your favorite safety linebacker? What do you think Tech's going to do? I like asking questions when I do my shows, like personal stuff, not, you know, um, your favorite restaurant. That's cool, too. But, like, just perspective. I think the insight you get from coaches and players when they're honest or when they're sincere in regards to an accomplishment or a disappointment. I think it makes for great radio or TV. And I think um, when I had Frank being on, my coach, along with Shane, I remember I interviewed them together on my Victory Life Legacy podcast. And uh, Coach Frank Beamer was talking about regret. And I was like, wow, you don't hear a lot of head coaches, especially someone like him, talk about, hey, I mean, I remember he said, he said, I wish I would have went back and punted um, or not taking the point, excuse me, against Florida State. Like, he would have just take, he just kicked the extra point and not gone for two so much. End up chasing points and getting down, mm-hmm. playing numbers game in the national championship game. And he had others, too. I can't remember them all. But he was very forthcoming. You know, a lot of these guys get on these post-game presses and they say, oh, um, you know, we didn't execute, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, right. But, you know, what does that mean? Or, oh, you know what? That's on me. Not just because I'm the head coach, but because I got to know we got to see that better. Case in point, prior after the OD loss, he admitted, hey, man, I got to get used to this. I'm paraphrasing. You know, there being a defensive coordinator and helping out with Marv and clock management and running the team. Right. So I just respect the heck out of his honesty, you know. Yeah, and you know, and you and I have talked about that, Dwight, and I don't think that gets talked about enough from other sources. I, he was so honest throughout the whole process. I mean, the seven-game losing streak, everybody's so frustrated. He never wavered with the things he was saying and the message he was putting forth and the vision that he had. He's taken all that into the offseason where he's really made the roster, I think at least on paper, so much more improved and I just, I mean, I like the vibe that I get. I really do because the guy is very genuine, and it's such a departure from, well, let's just say it the way it is. It's such a departure from Justin Fuente. Yeah, yeah, um, 100% agree. I mean, you don't have to guess. And I will say this, man, he um, he kept that team together and the program together. He during, did. He did. Probably, you know, one of the lowest points in Virginia Tech football history you know, going back 40, 50, 60 years. Not so much one of the worst seasons. Obviously it is, but I'm talking about as far as losing close games, um, just a string of bad luck. Um, it was just uh, it was just a lot. And, you know, you didn't really see guys quit. Um, I think there were games where Tech just would demoralize, you know, with Dak Polly and those guys just kept trying and trying, and eventually um, they fell short. But uh, – I thought he did a great job keeping the program together and keeping recruits coming in. I mean, he was getting commits. He got a commit one time, a couple of commits after a loss, um, which means the kids are buying in and believing into his vision. And, um, again, you know I'm a pride guy. And, um, it, yeah, do I am I a little biased for him as far as the head coach because we were there both. <laughs> I was younger. I, <laughs> I said that with a smile, starting our journey. <laughs> You know, I, I first got to Tech, and then shortly thereafter he came, and then, you know, he went on, and I went on, and we're both 
uh, doing great things in life, helping men, women, families um, achieve their athletic career, academic and goals. And, and that's a great thing. Um, but I also think, too, man, like, you know, when you're honest and you, you believe in what you do, it doesn't matter what other people think. You know, Virginia Tech has such a unique following, which you got at least 16 podcasters and bloggers, and you got people that make video content and suggest uniforms. And you have people, um, you know, donors and boosters and everybody in this illustrious Virginia Tech sports family feels like they know what's best for 83, 120 men in that locker room or in that football program, just like with Mike Young's basketball program. And truthfully, we don't know. Um, we have our ideas. We know what we're talking about. It doesn't mean we don't know the game. I'm just saying that we don't know sometimes where, I, you know, like, that's I, I why I'm very careful. And I mean, you know, I, I'll say when I'm tweeting, live tweeting, hopefully that was a mistake. It looks like a blown coverage or, you know, I don't like making assumptions. Um, now, previous guy that was easy to do because he forced us to but i think you gotta really feel like pride knows what he's doing with this thing and the staff um again some of these guys that got coming in some of the guys that got out of the portal um i'm not going to make any illustrious proclamations but I, I just feel like the vibe is right you know to continue to get this thing right um it'll be interesting too first year when we look ahead to the fall um, it'll be the first year in a, forever we've had no more coastal in Atlantic. I actually didn't know how I feel about it, but the closer we get to it, the more I'm okay with it. Um, I just don't like the crossover rivalry games. Um, I will miss playing Miami every year. I think the ACC got it wrong. What else is new with those guys? But <laughs> other than that, man, um, I'll take what I can get. I think when you're underachieving and you're an average program right now, you can't be picky. Um, I tell fans that they get mad because they're talking <laughs> about the history. I'm like, listen, I'm part of the reason. I'm part of the reason you have expectations. That's right. At the same time, you cannot be picky. It's like if you're doing bad in school, the hell are you getting mad at if you don't have any privileges? You're underachieving. You're not doing your work. You're not listening. You're not behaving. It's just like, yes, people have rights, human rights. You have uh, things you have the right to earn. But in life and in sports alike, you have to earn the right to get certain things. You don't deserve the right to get the games and schedule you want. And truthfully, you know, I'm on some Bronco Mendenhall stuff. I want the easiest path <laughs> resistance <laughs> versus, you know, some gauntlet like we used to have with LSU. I remember one year we played in 2002, we played LSU at home, Texas A&M on the road and Marshall when they were led by the Heisman candidate Brian Leftwich. But that team also won 10 games and lost four. Um, so that kind of stuff, that team with Brian Randall and those guys could handle that. Kevin Jones was on that team. Um, so we'll get back to that big matchups, whatever. But just take what you can get right now. Let's get some eight, nine wins. Let's get some wins. Dwight Vick joins us on the program, the founder of Victory Life. He's helping fellow human beings on a daily basis in their lives. And how important is it? I think it's huge, Dwight, the fact that this coaching staff is still completely together, year number two, and what a difference that can be. We talk about the jump players make from a freshman to sophomore year. I think that definitely can happen from a coaching perspective as well. Well, you got to trim the fat. You got to get some. I mean, I don't think, and I'm always, I tread lightly when I say stuff like this. This is not a knock against somebody. I don't, oh, that's a Fuente kid. That's a Beamer kid. That's a, 
a proud kid. You get, proud's got to get his kids the same way I said in fairness. Fuente's got to get his guys. Um, you got to get basically a culture. And in year two with this staff, I feel like they're getting closer to that. You got to get guys in there that understand and know how to win. Um, and I'm telling you, this is not a shot, but if you look at the plays made down the stretch, even in game tech loss, the eye-popping plays, the high IQ plays were made by redshirt freshmen, freshmen, sophomores, you know, and redshirt sophomores. It was not a lot made by upperclassmen, you know, because they did not know how to close out a game. You see it in basketball. Um, you know, not to make fun of North Carolina, that's why they're such an enigma, such a weird team, um, because they are underachieving immensely with that talent. They have the entire team back, minus the one kid with the beard that was the great shooter that right. stretched the floor. And they are barely, right now, they're the first four in. I mean, they, they're hanging on by a thread. Um, you would think that kind of maturation and talent and, and experience would know how to close out games. So closing out games is not something that should be overlooked. That's not something Andy Bitter and David Tiller are going to be able to assess in regards to when they do their preseason picks and vote in the summer heading into the fall. But I just feel like part of year two is the coaching and also the players knowing how to close out games and knowing which players to put in the rotation or on the field to close out games. Keep in mind, we got a great group of coaches, but they're also experiencing and learning as they go as well. This is not Beamer staff in year 16 when he could just close his eyes and Stein Spring could pick off where he left off. It's like going to a concert and you just know and you look and the eye contact between a band and the guy lead singer and they just can do it. And you're just like, wow, I saw them in Memphis. I saw mm-hmm. them in Texas and it was the same thing. That's what you want. You want McDonald's fries. No matter what time of day you go, the fries taste the same, whether it's in New Jersey or Europe. That's what culture is when it's consistency, it's winning, and knowing who to put on the field. Okay, it's third and five. We got to get this guy out here and put him at the rover. You know, certain things like when oh, you call a timeout and the coaches gather and congregate and they say, I know what you're thinking. We got to go with this blitz. That's what you'll see more of this year. But you got to have guys that come in and that believe and also know how to close out a game. I, I, I felt, and I said this on public record, on your show, tweeted about it on a few other platforms, Tech's program and problem the last handful of years, they didn't know how to win. And, you know, when people talk about back in my day, I, look, we were talented. We sometimes didn't have the best players in certain positions, but we knew how to win and close out a game. That means when I'm driving, I'm on offensive line, I got to hold my water, keep myself set, and not false start. Like, how many times last season did we see – Tons of pre-snap penalties. <laughs> yes, all the time. A critical drive, yeah. an offensive line, false start. Or he jumps off sides. Or we get a big play. Flag on the play. Oh, Jim, looks like they weren't lined up correctly. You know, again, that's game-winning plays. Not the actual catch. Knowing on third and eight, we got to make this play. So, I know I was long-winded on that one, but I had to get insightful. No, what I'm no. Doing. That's a great analogy, by the way. I think, I mean, that the McDonald's fries, right? They're going to be the same. And that you're right. You want to travel that way. How many times do you hear about successful programs, Dwight, when they say, well, this is typical of that program, right? We know what we're going to get from them. This is why they're so successful. And that's exactly what you're trying to get. Yeah, you're trying to get to the Beamer Golden Era again. You're trying to relive that, but not relive it, like go back to it, but just build on what he started. I said that from jump. He gave us the blueprint. Recruit your state recruit the DMV, recruit the Mid-Atlantic, get guys that are winners, get the guys that's best for your program, 
and coach them up. As Coach Bimo would say, coach them up, get them right, get the culture right. Because if you go back from 2004 to 2011, Virginia Tech during that heyday, and I think they can definitely get back to that because I don't think the ACC is a gauntlet. Um, they would go on the road in places like Maryland at Clemson, um, Georgia Tech. Some of those teams were very good. Some of those teams were just average, but it didn't matter. They would go on Thursday night in hostile environments. Remember when Marcus Vick and those guys, David Clowney, went down to NC State and beat them on a Thursday night, and it was a rough, raucous crowd. NC State takes it very seriously. They won the game, and they, they walked off. I mean, I was at a game against Maryland on Thursday night, you know, um, and those guys, Jimmy Williams and those guys, man, you know, Derek Anderson, they just ran through Maryland. Um it didn't matter where they played. And even if it was they were against a team like Andrew Luck and Stafford or they were against, you know, another power program like Alabama, it was a game. It wasn't like, oh, Virginia Tech's getting blown up. Virginia Tech would be right there. You know, I think the difference between those programs, even during the Tyrod years and other great teams Tech had, is that those teams probably had somewhat of a better offense or many times a game-changer type player. Like when we lost to Aaron Rodgers in the inside dot-com bowl, when we lost Andrew Luck in the Orange Bowl, despite having David Wilson and those guys, Andrew Luck was just, I knew then when I saw him, I said, okay, this guy is elite. But that's usually what it took to beat us. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. It took a special player or group of players, right? I mean, that's exactly right. And that's that's the culture that was created. You and I had this great conversation a couple of weeks ago that people still talking about. And and I think it's it's something Coach Pry has gotten from day one, and it continues to kind of present itself as he um, comes out, whether he's talking about last year or the coming year, right? We get that same vibe. I get that same vibe, and I, I really believe the results are going to come. I really do. I do, too. I do, too, because I think the, the offseason workouts get better. I just think, you know, look, I remember, you know, not just a few years ago, I coached AAU basketball. Uh, I have an AAU organization. I don't coach anymore. I'm the director, but – Basically, we had a kid, uh, him and his dad were selfish. They just were negative. The kid is talented, um, but he just caused us a lot of problems during timeouts, just to, just the way he was. And um, I kicked him off the team. I called his dad, and I said, look, man, this isn't going to work. I think you should go somewhere where you and your son can get your goals met, meet your own agenda, because we have a team agenda. And I said, I will never choose a player over the team. I'm going to choose a team over a player. And um, a lot of people were very shocked and little disappointed and upset I kicked him off the team. Um, but here's the thing. After that, we won eight championships in a row. Um, sometimes you got to get the right – no, not sometimes. I apologize, Rick. All the time, you got to get the right people in right, the building. Right, right. I mean, I don't care how talented the kid is. You got to get the right kids in the building. And you look around at the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Tennessees, everybody wants to say, it's the SEC or it's the Big Ten, they have so much talent. No. They got the right system. More importantly, they have the right culture. And finally, to end it on this, like my man Brent Pry, they got the right guy in those programs running the show. Well, I tell you what, it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to talking to him tomorrow and just get his feel as these workouts are going in the morning as we get closer and closer to the start of spring. And as always, Dwight, thank you so much for your time, brother. Great stuff. Appreciate you, man. Have a blessed weekend. All right, you too, man. Stay safe. There you go. That's Dwight Vick joining us on the program. He's the best, and we're going to wrap it up. After this busy, busy program, stay with us.
absolute best sports talk in the New River Valley, period. And you can quote us on that. That's the fact, Jack! That's the fact, Jack! More Big Dog next on WRAD. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. We are wrapping up the program here on this Thursday. Great stuff. Thanks to Andy Bitter. Alex Square being in studio talking some Radford baseball. Season gets underway tomorrow for Virginia Tech and Radford. And thanks to Dwight Vick, as always. Tomorrow on the program, it'll be uh, Jen the Gamecock Girl, Mike Ashley, and Virginia Tech head football coach Brent Pry joins us. Final segment tomorrow. So we're looking forward to that. Come on out and see us tonight at the Dedman Center. Radford, UNC, Asheville, the battle for first place. 7 o'clock, it's on national TV. Come out and be part of the big crowd. Tech women as well against Duke. Thanks for listening. Thanks for partaking in the program and for making us part of your morning. We'll see you tomorrow on the Finally Friday edition. Center for. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, New River Valley.